It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Robert Land, along with my co-host from House of Houston, Brian Patterson, and welcome to the Texans post-game show on Andre Johnson Day. The Texans did Andre right. They broke their three-game losing streak, 31-21 the final over the Arizona Cardinals in a few minutes. Brian joins me to break this one down. Tom Savage, 22 for 32, two touchdowns, one interception, one fumble, good and bad. We're going to get into Tom Savage's performance and all good and all bad from this one everything that you want to know later in the show though you'll hear what Andre had to say at the press conference before the game and very shortly as we do every home game we take you inside the locker room you'll hear from coach O'Brien Tom Savage Jadevian Clowney DJ Reader and Jonathan Joseph before we get to that though let's go out to Bud Plaza where I spoke to diehard Texans fans about Andre Johnson Prior to the game, plenty of people donning their number 80 jersey. As soon as you mentioned Andre's name, oh yeah, they were happy to talk. What has Andre Johnson meant to the Texans and what are your memories of him? To me, Andre Johnson means everything about the Texans. So Andre Johnson is on his own a legend. Honestly, he's the greatest of all time in my eyes. I'm 27 personally, so I've been following the Texans since we were awarded the franchise in 99. Uh, 2002, I was in uh, middle school, uh, my journalism class, his rookie year, I made my project, year-long project, Andre Johnson Rookie of the Year t-shirt. That's how much he meant to me, 15 years to the day, and now I need to make sure that I was here, celebrate the time that I have, uh, you know, loved him, honored uh, honor his, you know, his history with the Texans, he's done everything as far as set the tone, make sure that the fans are appreciated. Uh, he's silent but deadly on the field. Uh, everything he's done in the community has just been amazing. And uh, to, to think that he's going to be honored today, is, it, it's, it's nothing short of, you know, deserved. Celebrating Andre Johnson today at the stadium, what has he meant to this franchise? What are your favorite memories of, of Andre over the years? I think he's just a great man, a great leader. He's just professional, man, a real professional. And uh, you can tell he really played with heart. And he showed it in the community, too. He's just a great man, a great guy. And I'm, I'm happy for him, man. Is there any particular game or anything that you think of when you think of Andre Johnson? What, what's the lasting memory of him on the football field? It's kind of bittersweet, but his last game, just walking off the field, when you kind of, he had the feeling that, you know, he probably wasn't going to be here. But you always knew that uh, he would never forget the city. So uh, I guess 
and assist to see him come back and get his retirement for the one-day contract. You know, just to let you know where his heart was, he came back and showed that, and he stayed. He's going to always be appealing in this community. He's a great guy. But uh, just a game, just his ability, he showed that every Sunday, man. I can't point out one game that was better than the other, honestly. He always played great. All right, I think I finally found somebody that's maybe not the biggest Andre Johnson fan. We found a Cardinals fan with the Larry Fitzgerald jersey on. And first of all, you, you guys for, for many years have had one of the greatest of all time, Larry Fitzgerald. What's the respect that you got for, for Andre Johnson? Because, you know, he's being honored today. It's, it's, a, it's a huge day for him. And those two guys kind of came in the league right around the same time. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a mutual respect. They've both been, you know, top in the game both from the time they both came in. So, I mean, you have to give the guy credit, you know, all around. Who do you think's better, Fitzgerald or Andre Johnson? Tough choice, huh? <laughs> Got to go with Fitz. Got to go with my boy Fitz. You, you realize he played with the Hall of Fame quarterback, and Andre, his best quarterback, was Matt Schaub, right? <laughs> I do. But, you know, for my fanhood, I got to go with Fitz. But, I mean, Andre's, I mean, they were both head-to-head, you know, the whole time they were playing in the league. So, I mean, they're, they're always one-two. Either one is great. Yeah, I had to put that poor guy in a corner, see if he could give it up for Andre in a crowd full of Andre Johnson jerseys. Well, time to go to the podium and hear from Bill O'Brien. He was asked what he saw from Tom Savage, his quarterback, in this one. I thought he played a very mentally tough game. You know, I thought he he turned it over there. The one I don't think was totally his fault. The ball got batted in the air on the one interception, but the you know the pocket fumble. You know, I, I thought he really didn't give in to that mentally, and I thought he came in and, and back to the sideline and recovered and and uh, went on to play a good game. Got us into a big touchdown there to Deontay. Not the not the last one, but the one it was kind of a an interesting play call, and he was able to get us to the right play based on a front that we really hadn't seen. And I thought he did a great job in that regard too of getting us into the right plays and. Very, very happy for him. And he, he had a couple throws on the run across his yeah. body into the corner. Are, are those the throws you you know he can make, you've yeah. seen him make, and he was able to, to complete today? Yeah, he, can, he has confidence in those plays. He loves those plays, you know, those particular plays where he did that. We've been running those since he was a rookie, and, uh, you know, th- those are plays that he kind of knows where everybody's going to be, and even if it breaks down a little bit, he, he's going to throw it to a spot, and they're going to get it. So, you know, I thought that was a great job by him on those plays. They got a lot of good players on their defense. What was the plan, and did you carry out the plan the way you wanted? I think so, John. Without the turnovers, you know, we got to stop turning it over. You know, I think if we don't turn it over, we'll have a chance in every game. But when you turn it over, you're in trouble, you know. But uh, I wanted to run it, uh, stay balanced, and, and mix the passing game in. And uh, sometimes it was, you know, decent the way we did that. I thought we possessed the ball pretty well today. I thought we had some fir- a bunch of first downs. Uh, I think we were better on third down maybe than we had been. Uh, and I thought the players really came to play today and uh, did a good job. What does this mean to get the monkey off your back after losing those three games about where you go? Is there a monkey off your back now? Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Pressure, I guess. I don't know. You lose three in a row. I'm trying to – I don't really know what that means. I, I just know that uh, – I really don't. I, I just know that um, this is a team that's uh, – look, this team's been through a lot. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of teams that could say the same thing, you know, but I don't know. I, I think our team – our team's been through a lot. I told them this morning, you know, um, if there was a team in this league that can overcome the adversity that they've been through, starting with, you know, a hurricane to the injuries we've we've had, you know, to all the different things that we've had to deal with throughout the year, I think if there's any group of guys that can overcome that and play well, 
It's this group. Bill, your offense found their rhythm at many different times throughout the game and finished strong. And you mentioned Tom's mental toughness earlier. Is that some of what you attribute them finding it at different points in the game to continue to score? Yeah, I think they, they uh, looked at not every drive was obviously pretty. I mean, we were backed up a lot. We had the ball inside our own five-yard line probably three or four times in the game, which is tough. You know, that's uh, you know something that you know we've got to do a better job when we're backed up of getting it out of there. But you know, I thought these guys fought, really stayed in it on the sideline. You know, Chris Clark, Breno Giacomini, those guys are great leaders. I thought, like I said, I thought Tom stayed into it. You know, no game in this league is perfect, and I thought they overcame some adversity during the game, and it was good to see. You had six drives started inside your 20 and then the two at the three. How does that change what you want to call when you're backed up like that? Yeah, it's tough. It totally changes it. Yeah, it totally changes it. You know, it's, it's you know, if you – it's hard to you know, you'd be up here all day explaining how it changes it. If you line up in a running formation, they're going to load it up on you, and so you have a choice there. You can either throw it downtown where it's second and ten if it's incomplete, or you know maybe make a big play, and or you uh, you know you decide to spread them out and do something else. So we were we were basically spreading them out. I thought a couple times we did punch it out of there, but we couldn't finish the drive. So. We got to work on that. We got to work on when we're backed up. We always do, but we got to do a better job there. It's a next man up kind of league. You have an injury to Kevin Johnson. You have an injury to Deontay Foreman. It, it, does it feel frustrating that this season it feels maybe compared to years in the past that there are more injuries that just keep happening like this? There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you can't if you waste time being frustrated. You know, you just have to figure out what the next move is. You have to really do a good job of figuring out, you know, who you have, how you're going to use their skill set, where you're going to put them. Each week's a little bit different. And uh, that's just basically that's for every team in the NFL, but especially those that are dealing with a bunch of injuries like we are. That was Bill O'Brien. One thing he wasn't asked about was his clock management at the end of the first half. Don't worry. Brian and I will discuss that a little bit later. I know you're thinking about it. Now let's hear a little from Tom Savage himself. I think it was just all week just kind of blocking out the noise and the guys that they just rallied around me. And a lot of the guys came up and made some huge plays for me. And that's what it's about. It's a team game, and, and those guys really stepped up, and they, they made some plays for me. How much did it affect what y'all wanted to do having such poor field position? You know, that's just part of the game, you know, and, and, that, and that falls on us too, you know. Sometimes, I mean, that's what we got to do. we got to get the ball out of there, and whether we're punting or going to score, we got to see if we can flip the field. And I mean, like I said, it's a team game, and, and I can't even say anything because, shoot, I gave the – Cardinals 14 points there, you know, with the two turnovers. The defense played lights out, and we won. You, you've been real tough on yourself after the losses with us, uh, so now you win. How do you feel to pull this out and play a key role in it? It feels awesome, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to win in this league. I mean, that's just – you're looking out there and you're throwing against Patrick Peterson and you got uh, the Honey Badger out there. It's just like at the same time, you take a step back and you look at us from a fan perspective and you're like, this is awesome, you know, and it, and it feels great when you win. And like I said, it's, it's tough to do it, but we, we found a way to make it happen. You threw a couple on the run, yeah. including one first down down the field. How would you feel about doing that? It's a whole different environment for me out there, <laughs> outside that pocket. You just heard from Mr. Mobility, Tom Savage. Now let's go to DJ Reader, who was asked how Savage played. I felt like he played well. You know, he's been building towards playing well and in practice and doing things. So I mean, I felt like he was confident in himself and going out there and making some plays today. I was glad he was able to do it. JD kind of just came out of the shoot firing. Clowney came in, uh, busting people up. Uh, how much was what he was doing early on with the with the big sack and the and the uh, tackle for loss in the first quarter? How much did that kind of push you guys and maybe 
uh, inspire you guys early on? Oh, uh, you know, it's always exciting for us. We always want to get it to him outside. We know if we make a wall on the inside, he's going to make the play outside. So it's big for us. And, you know, he does what he does. He's, he's a great player. We enjoy having him in our room, and our defensive lineman room, so he's fun. And it's always fun to play with him. Can you tell the difference just being that it was Andre Johnson Day and they were retiring him? Uh, he's been hanging around here a little bit. Uh, yeah. did, did that help you guys a little There's bit? There's a lot of energy around here. You know? There's a lot of energy, and that was great. There's a lot of energy around, so we were excited. And it was real good to go out there and get a win in front of all the fans. The fans were hyped. We were hyped, so it was real good. You've had a chance to, to play a little bit more with uh, your buddy Carlos Watkins uh, from Clemson. What, what is he doing? How is he coming along? What are you seeing from him right now? Well, he's growing up. He's growing up. He's getting a sense of urgency, learning what it is to be a pro. I'm still learning the same thing, so, you know, it's good. We can grow together, and that's what I think. You know, he's, he's coming into his own. He's figuring the game out, how the NFL works. Is there a chemistry a little bit more between you guys, maybe than some of the other guys, just one where to go and what to do when when uh, you come to line? I think there's different communication. Like I can look at him, and he can know I'm saying something, or we can just get on the same page. So I mean, just been around each other, but we got good communication in our room. Uh, but you know, with Carlos, it's a little bit different because I'm always around him. We're always together. So. We go from one of the big young bucks on the line, a DJ Reader, to the OG himself in the secondary. Jonathan Joseph. We know J. Joe had to cover both Andre Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald over the course of his career. He starts off by making a little comparison between the two of those guys. You know, I think um, they both first-class act guys on and off the field, handle their business the right way, and, you know, they're right at the top of the echelon, you know, when it comes to being a receiver in this league. And I think um, being a teammate of Andre made me better over the course of my career just going against a guy like him every day. Can you talk about just the kind of play you guys are getting up front, obviously how much that um, you know, helps you guys back in the secondary? Oh, it's a great deal. J.D.'s playing lights out, Scarlett, um, Dunn, Reader, Joe, across the board, uh, all the linebackers playing lights out, even the guys stepping in, you know, playing uh, expanded roles, secondary. I think it's a team effort. It's not just one guy that we're leaning on. Everybody has an assignment and a job, and I think we're doing a great job of executing it. How is uh, Tristan coming along, uh, getting his little chance to play? It was good for him, man. It was good for Tristan today. I was happy for him to get out there in the game and actually finally get his feet wet and, you know, make a big play down there. And that's what it's about. You know, in this league, you can only find out what you're having somebody until they get out there in the game, actually. And I think today he's been practicing really well and he got out there in the game and made some big plays for us. You see some real potential with him? Absolutely. You know, I've been around the kid for probably a few months now and I've watched him continually work and practice and get better each and every week. You just heard from J. Joe. We have one last person to listen to in the locker room, last but certainly not least is Jadavian Clowney. The first thing he was asked about was that huge fourth down stop late in the game that pretty much gave the Texans this one. Uh, they got me early in the game. The first play of the game, I peeked my head inside and let AP bounce outside on me. And I said, I'm going to do that no more that game. So I kind of like set it up while I peeked inside. I hurry up and got back out. I wanted him to bounce to me so I could have a chance to make that play. So he'll push up inside, and uh, that's what happened. You think that gave you all a lot of momentum on, well, on both sides of the ball after that? Uh, it was a couple plays in the game gave us a few momentum plays. Uh, that was one big one, though. That was a big one. Uh, we needed that momentum. It kind of helped us finish the rest of the game out. What does it mean for the team to win a game, break the losing streak? Well, I mean, a lot, man. We work so extremely hard as a team, and we come in every week, say the same thing. We just got to find a way to get one, and they all start adding up. But uh, – it's, it feels good to get a win and, you know, get back on the winning side. I'm, I'm happy about it. Do you ever get tired the way you're always chasing plays all over the field? <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, but I just just keep going. 
just play nonstop. When you're out there making disruptive plays, does it make you want more? Are you feeding off that yourself, or do you just kind of play the same way the whole game? Of course. I feel off any of our players making big plays. And, uh, you know, it's just the type of game it is, really. And uh, uh, it was a great day to be honoring Andre. And I was like, man, we need to go out and have a good day for him to be back. He talked to us yesterday and was like, uh, he'd been on the team with other guys been injured and other guys stepped up around him. And uh, I think guys listened to him yesterday at practice and came out of the day. Those guys really was like, we were just going to step up and see who want to make the plays. And the day we came out there and made a lot of plays. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Time to bring in Brian Patterson, my co-host. And Brian, this one uh, was about Andre Johnson. It was Andre Johnson Day in a lot of ways in the stadium. We're going to get to that. We want to talk about the game first, and and we're going to hear Andre Johnson's press conference before the game later in the show. We're going to take a sort of halftime for Andre Johnson, just like they did at the stadium, but before we get to that, let's let's start with the game. But just before the game, let's even go before the game because the fans, it was difficult to find them in the stands. You drove to the game, and there was just clear sailing on the roads. I mean, there was nobody between <laughs> us and the and the football stadium this morning, and and it's it's a rarity. Have you seen anything like this? No, I had to wonder was there a game going on today? I mean, you know, the Texans are still playing football. We're in the middle of the season. But, um, yeah, it was very easy to park, uh, to walk in. It took me about 20 minutes, and, you know, normally it takes triple the time uh, just to get in and whatnot with all the things that you have to go through with that. But what I noticed is as the game went on, the seats started to fill up, and there was a nice crowd available, you know, to have Andre Johnson accept the honor of, of going into that, you know, getting that red jacket, being the first person to be honored. So our fans came out, but again, a lot of people may not be here because, you know, I have to be sensitive to the effects of Hurricane Harvey that it's had on many people. People are still tending to their homes. Yeah, but we can talk about that. But we, we, we know good and well early in the season yeah. when Deshaun Watson was doing his thing, people were there. People were there. It's just the, the fan support has died down because of that. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. It feels like just the letdown of, of not seeing people there to honor Andre was kind of reminded me a little bit of the letdown of Andre Johnson's career. It was almost the perfect ending for him because, you know, there were so many times where you're just like, give the man some help, give him some support. And so he didn't get support from the team most of the years that he was here, and he didn't get support from the fans for this one. And, and it's unfortunate, but it's understandable because right. people are disappointed with, with what's happened with this team. We'll start off with the game as far as, you know, Tom Savage goes. 
there was good and bad. I mean, I, you know, you could say some positives. We heard Bill O'Brien in the press conference say, you know, he, he really liked a lot of the stuff that Tom Savage was doing out there. You know, he made a couple of really nice throws. Uh, just the thing about Tom Savage, though, is it's it's the same issue. He's uh, You watch him throw the football, Brian, and it, it takes him forever to get rid of the football. And again, you know, he he has the strip sack fumble and also the interception. But there was multiple points in the game when you watch him in person. But you also see this on te- television, too, I'm sure if you're watching it, where it's like this guy has no peripheral vision. If, if I'm a war war uh, war guy, I'm, I'm, I'm say I'm in Vietnam mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm like fighting. I'm going through the bushes of Vietnam. He's not my point, man, because he can't see everything from no. left, left and the right. He misses stuff, and, and, and that, that kills him. I wouldn't be alive. I wouldn't be alive if Tom were that guy. I mean, oh, you know, no disrespect to him. He's a good guy. But, you know, we have to evaluate his performance out on the field. In that aspect, it wasn't good. Uh, but yeah, especially with the uh, interception that he threw, I just want to talk about that. He throws it to Steven Anderson. It like it ricochets off of Steven Anderson, pops over, and Patrick Peterson catches it. And again, Patrick Peterson is just he, he he still got it. He's had a incredible game. It was a great matchup between he and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But it's just that situation where he's holding on to the ball too long. And he's waiting for something to materialize, and then there you go. There's the sack. I think what was it? Buda Baker got that uh, strip sack uh, on him. So not only holding on to the football, ball security, but being able to go out there and make a quick decision. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the numbers are at this time as far as how long he took to throw the ball. Pro Football Focus will have those numbers uh, in next uh, tomorrow's show, so we'll, we'll talk about that. But um, he was able to do some of those same things. But yet in the second half, it was like a tale of two halves. We saw something a lot different out of Tom Savage. Yeah, he comes out at halftime and he was red hot. You know, he has a five yard completion to Ellington, three yards to to Hopkins for a first down, five yards to Lamar Miller. And then he gets the 34 yard completion to DeAndre Hopkins, where, you know, Hopkins does a lot of run after the catch stuff. But it was a good throw, you know, good play. And then the 28-yard touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins, really nice throw. Nothing wrong with that throw. And and he looked like he started to get on a roll a little bit. Uh, you know, he, he didn't have the, the turnovers in the second half that he did in the first half. The first half uh, was where, where it really killed him. Wasn't it? Was it the first half where they had like – it wasn't back-to-back, but it was almost. There was like one possession in between the two. But the interception, uh, not quite his fault. The ball was the ball was tipped by the def- – uh, def- I think it was the defender, but it might have gone off Steven Anderson's hands. Yeah, uh, I couldn't tell which was which. It was so close, and then it was so Pe- quick. And Peterson makes that great one-handed catch. I mean, that's one-handed interception. Yeah. That's what makes Peterson so great. And right. I don't even know what he was doing there because there was nobody around. Where exactly. He was that's just a, a, you know sometimes you know you, you you can't really teach greatness like that. Like like with Patrick Peterson, you just have those natural instincts as a football player. And that's why he still remains one of the best in the league. I would love to have him in our secondary right now, which, you know, at times it it seems to languish. But, uh, you know, there's a reason why he's there and he was making plays uh, left and right. I mean, I don't want to get too praiseworthy of of Patrick Peterson because we've got our guys as well. But it's just great to see 
uh, terrific coverage like like he did today. Uh, but DeAndre still was able to battle with him as well. I'm not saying that he won't necessarily won the battle, but I think it was pretty even. DeAndre Hopkins' numbers for this one, and you know, even when DeAndre Hopkins isn't doing, so doesn't seem like he's doing a whole lot. You look up at the end of the day, and it's like, oh, well, DeAndre Hopkins, just a ho-hum, what was it, four catches, 76 yards, a touchdown. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, doesn't seem like much, but that's that's pretty darn good, especially if you're playing a little fantasy football. And, hey, we're going to talk a little bit about that on, on, on Wednesday's show because we got some new things to talk about on Locked On Texans as far as that goes, and you guys are going to love that. But, Brian, offensive line, uh, you know, I, I couldn't really get a gauge. It's so hard to – We've talked about this before. It's how do you judge this offensive line when it's Tom Savage? Because it's almost a totally and a complete different animal with him at quarterback as opposed to Deshaun Watson. What did you see from those guys? From my perspective, just looking at it, considering how long it was taking Tom Savage to get rid of the ball, I thought overall they did a pretty good job. The, the strip sack was right in Tom Savage's face. I mean, he's looking right at the guy. He, the, uh, the defender goes right around Giacomini. It's on the right side. I don't know how he doesn't see that coming. I mean, it was quick, but still, it's coming right at you. And that's one of those ones where he just has to move his feet a little bit in the pocket, maybe move a little up and to the right, and, mm-hmm. and, and he gets out of that one. But overall, the offensive line, you agree they were they were all right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think they they were pretty solid uh, from what I saw. Um, maybe not all that great in the first half, but the second half, Tom was getting a lot of clean pocket, and he was able to 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 get enough time to make a good decision. If I'm not mistaken, if it was the uh, DeAndre Hopkins touchdown catch. He had a beautiful, clean pocket where he had plenty of time to just air that ball out and throw it into the end zone. So, yeah, th- that that's just one of the notables that I saw. It Just looking back at that particular tape, you know, when they were replaying it back at the stadium, how much of a clean pocket is. And it goes to show that how much of an effective quarterback Tom Savage can be when he does have a clean pocket. Because he's a traditional quarterback and you just have to have that space to operate. But you know, going back to other games, he was still making mistakes, even with with a clean pocket. But his numbers still, you know, looking back, they are better. But uh, this is just an evidence. This is evidence here that this is what Tom Savage needs to be effective. You beat Blaine Gabbert, though. I mean, Blaine Gabbert was doing Blaine Gabbert things at the end of the game. <laughs> throws the two interceptions. You know, he's a third string quarterback. Yeah, he's he's not that good. You know that that was an issue. And frankly, you know, we haven't talked about this yet, Brian, but. Bruce Arians, big mistake on fourth down. What do you think? Late in the game, going for it. Was there a need to go for it there? Don't you just punt the ball with six and a half minutes to go and figure that Tom Savage isn't going to put a drive together and you're going to get the ball back? Yeah, it just wasn't a smart move there because we have playmakers out there on uh, on defense. And what was it, Jadavion Clowney got the stop, if I'm not mistaken. He was the one that was able to, to... – oh, Everybody was in the backfield yeah. for that one. I think Marcus Gilchrist – uh, they took a team photo. It looked like by the time ever. I uh, know, I know, I know. I mean, it, it, it was just it just a concerted effort there, and uh, everyone you just kind of you know knuckled down and said, you know, what was it, fourth and two, if I'm not mistaken. Fourth and one. It was fourth and one. It was, and it was it wasn't a long one. I think it was yeah. a shorter one. But yeah, uh, you know, if you look at that uh, decision making, I don't understand it. And I, I just wonder what Bruce Arians was doing, but maybe he felt like. 
This season isn't going anywhere for us, and we got nothing to lose and whatever. And, you know, so th- to me, that was a huge play in the game mm-hmm. uh, we, or a huge decision in the game. That's a big thing. The other thing that we have to talk about early on is Deontay Foreman. And it just seems like, you know, you win, you win a game and you get – so right after the fourth down, mm-hmm. Deontay Foreman scores on the 34-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. And this pretty much sums up the Texan season. He, you know, maybe his best – Longest run of the season or close to his longest run of the season is big touchdown run of the season. And he falls into the end zone and it looks like he might've blown out his Achilles. I mean, it's right after the game. So we're, we're not absolutely positive on this one. Ian Rappaport saying that, you know, that's what he thinks has happened. So usually he's right. Uh, But, you know, they had to bring out a cart, take Deontay Foreman, off the field you know if it wasn't an angle an ankle it was it wasn't Achilles so that's probably what's going to happen that means no Deontay Foreman for the rest of the season so we're we're halfway through or barely over halfway through the season and the Texans have lost their first round pick quarterback who was an MVP caliber uh, player when he goes down they've lost J.J. Watt Mm -hmm. uh, the three-time defensive player of the year and one of the best players in maybe the history of football Mm-hmm. On defense, uh, they've lost Whitney Merciless. Uh, they've lost, uh, geez, they've lost Tyler Irvin, who we forgot. You know, you almost forget about Tyler Irvin, but he was a guy that you hoped would come on a little bit this season, and, and he goes out early. Uh, Will Fuller is kind of week to week now, but yeah. it's not too bad. I mean, they could be back next week, and maybe he only has missed two weeks, but still, I mean, there's just, it's one guy after another, but you know, you lose your third round pick. A guy that we were really hoping would be a positive as something that you could look forward to week to week uh, without all of these guys that uh, you have right now and with a team that's not going to make the playoffs. I mean, we'll just flat out say it. I don't think they're going to run us six straight games from here. So it's just it's a killer, Brian. I mean, Deontay Foreman, I mean, could you feel it in the stadium? Well, I would have to say the reaction was mixed because – he runs this great touchdown, and then all of a sudden he, like, falls into the end zone. So I'm thinking, is this his way of celebrating or what? I'm like, uh-oh, this guy's not getting back up. Something is wrong. And then it got really quiet. Um, and then as as soon as, you know, it looked like that they were going to – he was able to at least get up to a point where he was able to sit up before they got the card out, you know, you heard some cheers uh, in regard to that. And he got a lot of cheers. They were cheering Foreman, 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 you know, as he was being carted off the field. Luckily, he was right there near the entrance to the locker room. So, you know, he it was just a short ride off the field. But, um, yeah, it, it was just a, just so devastating that that. But you know what? If you get injured and you have a way to go out, that is a way to go out with with you scoring that touchdown. It sucks that that happened to him, and he's going to be back stronger than ever, I'm hoping, because these injuries, you never know how you come back from them. But that that was a hell of a touchdown run. I, I got up out of my seat for that. I forget. Is Achilles one of those that it's it might it, – this we could be talking about really two full years before he gets back healthy? Is is that typical for – I mean, because if this is Achilles, this might not be – Oh, he's back uh, full strength 
at the by training of, camp. Yeah, I yeah. don't think that's the case with an Achilles, Mm-mm. right? Mm-mm. Uh, unless he's got some miracle healing or goes over to Germany like Kobe did and <laughs> it, it gets some healing. I, I think that this may be a while before he, he is actually back. And we're going to get the actual numbers of how long it's going to take, but I'm pretty sure this is going to require surgery. Um, I'm just trying to figure how this happened. I guess he was the way he was running or it, it just was tough to tell because he's so fast that it was hard to gauge what happened along the way. You just see next thing, you know, you see him burst out with speed for a touchdown and he's tumbling into the end zone hurt. And, you know, it's just, just devastating to see. Yeah. You can say it's a way to go out. No, the way to go out is not to go out of the No, not to lose, lose the rest of your season and your rookie year, just when you have a chance to kind of get to, to showcase yourself after, Really, you know, Bill O'Brien's been limiting him. You know, he had a fumble early on that could have been super costly, but Bruce Ellington was uh, Johnny B there, and he he got on that football. Ellington, mm-hmm. we got to mention him. If we're talking, we're talking before we finish up on the offense. And Ellington, nice game for him. Uh, he had six catches, mm-hmm. sixty-three yards. Uh, he's coming on, uh, but you got to talk about the running backs because Deontay Foreman, before he got hurt, you know, ten carries, sixty-five yards, the thirty-four yarder. Obviously, the big one, that helps your average. So over six yards per carry, Lamar Miller, 22 carries, 61 yards. A lot of difficult runs, but you didn't feel like he left much out on the field. It seemed like more and more he's getting what he should be getting with with the runs that he has, the chances that he has. So, you know, the running backs played pretty well. The wide receivers played well. Uh, There was a couple of drops that I can recall like I said, the Stephen Anderson, that there was that one that I don't know if you can put totally on Stephen Anderson or if it was a tipped pass that led to the interception. Uh, th- there was a couple of drops in there. Um, I'm trying to trying to recall who who got the drops. I, I think Stephen Anderson had a drop later on uh, towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter. But overall, most of the offensive guys looked pretty good. Savage, I would say, was maybe average to slightly above average but that that's the story for the offense but you know you look at the Bruce Arians thing and you go well we we kind of we might have gotten a little bit of help from coaching you yeah. look at uh the that fourth down was yeah that fourth down call was big for us because we were able to turn that around quick yeah it's it's, it's they got some help on this one you know let, let's get to let's go ahead and get to Andre Johnson because I know everybody wants to hear from from Dre and what he had to say in the in the press conference. You're going to hear from him right after that. Immediately afterwards, you're going to hear from some fans, some more of the fans that we got over at Bud Light Plaza before the game, uh, on Andre, on the celebration of Dre Day. So here's Andre. We were doing a um, rehearsal yesterday. We was kind of going through the things, and they told me at the point I would turn around and see my name, you know, hung up. And I actually saw the uh, – it was like a black – tarp or something over it right uh, yesterday and uh, you know when I turned around and I looked up you know she told me where I would be looking and I I saw the black thing up there and it just kind of hit me I was just like wow like my name will you know be up there forever so just kind of taking it all in. What's it been like for you to see this whole week how much you mean to so many people in this town? Well I didn't realize it until this week um you know, I just did an interview outside, and I was just telling them. I didn't realize with my play on the field how much it affected 
you know, so many people and just the things I did um, off the field. So, uh, you know, this week I'm really getting to see it, you know, how many people I, able to, I was able to uh, touch. Is this a day that when you started your career with the Texans, could you ever imagine that this day would come? Is this something you ever thought would be possible? To be honest, I never really thought about it. Um, I just wanted to come here and play and, uh, you know, just do things the right way. I just wanted to be a good football player. Um, I never said, you know, I want to go up in the ring of honor. Um, never never thought about it. So um, I just wanted to come here and, you know, just, just do things the right way and just be a good football player. Andre, two things. Um, what does it mean to you to be the face of this franchise with the expansion team coming in and, you know, kind of making that mark? And also, can you talk about a couple of your favorite memories in your time here? Coming here, I knew it was going to be tough, you know, um, coming to the expansion team. Uh, I always tell people the story of I remember uh, watching a commercial they used to have with David Carr lining up with no offensive line. I used to always say, I, I don't want to go to that team. Like, I wouldn't want to play there. And, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I got my wish. I ended up coming. But, uh, you know, but when I got here, it was, uh, you know, I was up for it. You know, I, I got here, got around the team, and I just was like, you know, this is expansion team is in the second year, and I want to be the guy that helps this team, you know, get over the hump, you know, win its first championship. So, you know, I took that, and, you know, I that's why I came to work every day and did what I did. Um, you know, I wanted to be the first to uh, – help this team do that and um, as far as memories I always say my favorite memory was uh, when we won our first playoff game against Cincinnati Um, it's probably the most energy I've ever seen in this stadium it was it was just a great feeling to finally get that hump off our backs Uh, as far as other memories uh, just just plays here and there Um, just being around the guys and it's probably more Memories from other guys making plays probably more than me. Andre, you had a plenty of uh, teammates come back and see you over 70. Mm. How exciting is it to see those guys? And is there any of those guys that, man, I hadn't seen you in a while, it's really good to see you, that really sticks out in your mind? Yeah, definitely. Um, the past few days have been very fun. Um, even last night, um, it, it, it's, it's been so much fun just to be back around those guys and, you know, get to catch up, you know, talk about the families and, you know, see some of their wives. So it's just been so many years since you've seen them. And, uh, you know, just to get a chance to catch up, hang out a little bit, have some fun, uh, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a great few days. Andre, we've asked you about this before, but uh, what are your thoughts? This is an honor, but Hall of Fame. Oh, God. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on the possibility of that? I mean, it's, uh, everyone talks about it, but I don't really think, I don't think about it. Um, you know, I always say I deal with it when it comes. I have a few more years to wait, and, um, you know, if it happens, you know, it'll be a tremendous honor. We're here at Bud Light Plaza. Everybody's celebrating Andre Johnson. Uh, what are your memories of, of uh, Andre? Uh, all his touchdowns, all his touchdowns, and really all his touchdowns. That's all I can say is just what he did for us. What, what did Andre Johnson, do you think, mean for the tech, in Texans history? Everything. He meant everything. Without him, we wouldn't be where we are. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We're here at Bud Light Plaza. Everybody's celebrating Andre Johnson. Uh, what are your memories of, of uh, Andre? Uh, all his touchdowns. All his touchdowns and really all his touchdowns. That's all I can say. It's just what he did for us. What, what, what did Andre Johnson, do you think, mean for the tech, in Texans history? Everything. He meant everything. Without him, we wouldn't be where we are. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
what did he mean to this team and, and what are your memories of him? I remember uh, his amazing catches and what he's done, but I like what he's done for the city. I, I'm, I'm mostly here to honor him for what he's done for the kids uh, in Houston. You, you see, you remember all the times where he would go to Toys R Us Absolutely, and give... Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I, I, I've loved him since then. Yeah, he was amazing what he did for the city. What about you? Same. He still does things like that. He's an amazing man, and it's a great day to honor him. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed so switch to TurboTax today make your moves they'll make them count see guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees experts only available with TurboTax live so me and Brian back to break a little bit more down and you heard a couple of minutes ago from Andre Johnson and Brian in that pregame press conference we heard why Andre Johnson is Andre Johnson he's he's talked about you asked him about his favorite moments as a Texan and he goes most of my favorite moments were you know, when other guys were doing things and that sort of thing. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's Andre Johnson. He's, he was such a team guy and you could hear it in his voice that he was a little bit uh, overwhelmed, you know, when the day came, I don't think he was expecting, uh, you know, the day before he looks up and he sees that they're going to have this black tarp and it's going to unveil, you know, his number. And I think you could just, by the way he was saying it, he was overwhelmed by, by the situation uh, just to get that chance to, come back and talk to talk to the team a little bit um, was a big deal but I tell you what Brian uh, the halftime ceremony I got chills the fans started chanting Andre 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 there were some chills for me it, 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 I did too and it, it was just amazing to hear um, he, he's always been soft-spoken I mean he's not going to be that orator that's going to blow you off the stage but his words of how he felt his his time here as a Texan uh, just really spoke to me in terms of how uh, his experience was here. And he talked about all the good times he had. He, he you know, he, he kept it positive. And the speech wasn't, you know, rambling. It didn't go long or anything. It was tight. It was concise. And he got everything that he needed out of it. Yeah, Andre is not going to ramble. That's one thing I've yeah. been around Andre yeah. enough to know. There is no ramble in his game. He, yeah. He's going to keep it short and sweet a couple things that i found that were pretty interesting uh when they did the introductions Mm -hmm. they announced rick smith and rick smith got a huge well first they announced bob mcnair and bob mcnair got cheers i i did not hear anything from at least from my vantage point from what i could hear there weren't anything but cheers when bob mcnair was introduced and given what's happened over the last few weeks i thought that was interesting I also thought it was interesting that right after that, Rick Smith gets introduced and Rick Smith gets booed. And Brian, I don't know what to make of that because here you have Bob McNair that's been kind of sitting in all this controversy 
And Rick Smith hadn't done anything in the last year except maybe give you your franchise quarterback for the next decade. And Rick Smith's getting booed now. I, I, I didn't know what to make of that. Were you surprised at all, that, that reaction from the crowd? I was actually surprised. I thought, you, you know, you're going to hear a few boos. You know, you know, people boo Roger Goodell because he's the commissioner. I mean, it's just going to happen. But I, I think that because of the season in the state that we're in right now, a lot of fans just feel depressed and down. Well, now nah, I'm not going to say depressed. That's, that's just a little too extreme, but they feel kind of downhearted about how we've been so unlucky with injuries, but that's not necessarily his fault. Well, yeah. What is Rick Smith supposed to do? Yeah, about yeah. He can't go out there and play the games. He can just go get the players. But with Bob McNair, at least from my vantage point, I felt it was kind of mixed. I, I heard a little bit of booze, uh, but it was mostly uh, praise for Bob McNair when he stood up. Uh, but yeah, with, when Rick Smith, when they introduced him, overwhelmingly loud boos I personally did not boo because you know you, you look at the things that he has done over the years and although we we poke fun at Rick Smith you know or at least I do um, it's it's not intentional because it, it's a hard job what he does I have to have to give him full credit I mean you, you're not going to be perfect but it did surprise me Rob that, that it was such a loud boo and you would expect to hear it like maybe just from a small section of the crowd, but it was very loud. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of not a, not a little bit shocked. I was a lot shocked that it was overwhelming cheers for Bob McNair and overwhelming boos for Rick Smith. It, to me, that's the It'd way. Be it the sounded. other way. And I mean, I you know I, I would have expected maybe a little bit of mixture from for each one of the guys, given the last you know few weeks, the last few years for for Rick Smith per se, but. You know, and, and I want to get into that a little bit. You know, we're going to talk about uh, right before Thanksgiving, we're going to do a show on what you need to be thankful for as a Texans fan. Mm-hmm. And Rick Smith, we, we got to go into that a little bit. And I'm going to make some points that might be on, on Rick Smith's side of the ledger uh, when we go down that. Because I think, you know, people, I don't know, I think there's a little bit of frustration where you don't maybe look at the the bigger picture with Rick Smith and and what's happened with the Texans over the years, but let let's get a little bit more uh, into the game because uh, we haven't mentioned Jadavian Clowney and man he showed up huge. I mean, uh, you heard a little bit from him in the press conference. You heard me ask DJ Reader about him. I mean, those first couple of plays in the in the first quarter where he just blows in for that huge tackle for loss. I mean, just does something that only Clowney can do. Just That can electrify a team, and it seemed like that, that inspired the defense. I thought the defense was, for the most part, pretty darn good all game long. And, and then he gets the sack, you know, and he comes up with another sack in the fourth quarter. But a couple of huge sacks there, uh, a couple of near misses like he always has, drawing uh, penalties on the other team like he does. I mean, Clowney is so much fun to watch. A couple things I said to look for, Brian. I said look for the DeAndre Hopkins-Patrick-Peterson matchup, which we saw, which was good. Mm -hmm. And and Jadavian Clowney, that was good stuff. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, this truly, I would have to put it up there, is one of his best games this season. He was everywhere out on the field. I mean, it's like he he took it up to another level uh, with the two sacks that he was able to get. And I believe... You know, this it, it's some kind of record that he broke where he was able to get multiple sacks in multiple games. So, 
Yeah, this goes to show that, you know, this guy is well on his way. We were all worried, you know, with his injury history, especially going back to his rookie year. Is he is he going is he going to be able to play? Is he going to be a bust? And, you know, I didn't want to go that far to think that, but this is some of the talk that was coming out. I'll tell you what, but before he gets be hurt, fine. before he gets hurt, like I'm 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 almost assuming it's gonna happen the way yeah. things are going for the Texans this season. You know, maybe that's that might be our next locked on Texans. We may we may have to do a seance. We may have to get rid of the bad juju, the bad energy that surrounds the Texans. Uh, maybe it's it's the facilities. Maybe it's the uh, something that's happening that's emanating from the bubble or from the practice field or from I don't know what's going on. But this team right now, it seems like every they take a step forward and then it's a step back. And I'm I'm not only worried for Jadavian Clowney's career in the next few games. I'm worried for his life. I'm, I'm, you know, it's like yeah. one of those old TV shows where, you know, they have this, the sandbag that almost, you know, it's like, oh, my God, you know, jump in front of Clowney. It's going to hit him on the head. It's fall. It's where'd that fall from? Who, who you know, it's like something's going to happen to Clowney at this rate, you know, with, with, with everything that's happened to everybody else. And I, I'm scared. I'm scared to death. There was a, a point in the fourth quarter. I don't know if you remember this mm-hmm. where he makes a huge he makes one of the huge plays, uh, a sack. I, I think it was right after the sack. And O'Brien just to uh, let's take him out of the game. Like uh, uh, you know, we're you know we we're we're up. It looks like we're going to win the game. Foreman's already gotten hurt. Let's get Clowney out of here before we have any other problems. Good decision because he doesn't always do that. Yeah, because you know we we've seen many times you know where he would leave guys uh, out there and as if we especially when when Deshaun Watson was under center, especially that Titans game. There was a lot of guys and we were winning what fifty six. We were, it was already at fifty six fourteen. And we, and we still uh, had guys in there that are starters that shouldn't have been there in the first place, particularly number four. He was still in there playing. He shouldn't have been in there. But, you know, I, I think he's learning that if, if he's not needed and you've got the lead safely in hand, get your guys out of there. Get them out of there. And I just want to say this with Will Fuller, they can take their time with bringing him back. He does not – I don't think Will Fuller is a have-to-have guy – when this season is in the state it's in right now. I would love to see him, but let's keep him healthy. And when he's fully ready to come back, let him come back because cracked ribs are no joke either. All right. What else about the defense that struck you? Because a couple of things we got to talk about. Uh, Kevin Johnson, uh, he, he suffered a concussion, so yeah. he might be out next week along with everything else. It looks like it's concussion. If that's the case, the way it usually goes in the NFL, he's out at least one week, but Man, he looked really, really bad on that on that one touchdown. Uh, it was him, and I think it was Gilchrist in double coverage, mm-hmm. and they looked awful. I mean, it was uh, Seals Jones' second touchdown, I believe. Ricky mm-hmm. Seals Jones, the Sealy product, mm-hmm. uh, so he's the local guy. A and M people might remember him. Basically, hadn't done nothing all year, and of course, he comes to Houston and he's catching touchdowns left and right, like he's jerry rice or something like that but uh, boy johnson looked so bad he went for the strip you remember that yeah 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 it was yeah i think that's what it was and i want to say that that play all materialized wasn't it after the strip fumble uh with tom savage you know where we they got the ball back on our own 17 and then that's how that happened if i'm not mistaken but uh yeah yeah you, you know 
Kevin, you know, he's up and down. He he made a spectacular play not too long before then. So, you know, he's just all over the charts. And then this concussion thing is just, you know, that's not good to hear. I mean, you just want, you know, him to stay healthy just for one game, you know. And he did that. It looks like he did that last game. But if we could see it on a consistent basis, because I really still feel this guy with the first-round pick status that he has can be someone great, a great cornerback that we expected him to be right out of Wake Forest. Got to keep him on the field. Again, he's going to he's gonna miss a game with the concussion. Uh, weird play. You know, it didn't yeah. look like much of anything when he went down, and then he was kind of slow to get up, and you thought maybe he twisted an ankle or something like that. And then he, he finally gets up and kind of uh, sort of gets to the sideline, but that, that was about it, and that was the end of Kevin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the defense, tell me what you saw. I mean, I, I, I talked to – J. Joe earlier, everybody heard that, and he was very complimentary of Tristan Deku. It was nice to see him out there. Need to see more of him. We got to see what he can do the rest of the year. What else did you see? Who else impressed you on the defensive side? Bernardo McKinney. Yeah, he was, he was making tackles left and right. He was, uh, you know, he he was just right in the right spot wherever he needed to be um, out there. You know, if there was a guy that stood out on the defense today other than Jadavion Clowney, it certainly would be. Uh, would he be him as well? Eddie Pleasant had a had a nice uh, play, didn't he? Have a yeah, he, he had a pick. Yeah, that's right. Toward the end there, so that that was great too. So did Gilchrist. Gilchrist had a had a great play right there as well. So it Ray was Hal had an interception as at the toward the end. That yeah. is right. That's right. So, so yeah, the, the, the safeties kind of came in back back at the end of the game again. There's like a little there's called this little Blaine Gabbert asterisk that right, you got to put right. in there. But the defense overall, I mean, let's keep in mind. The Cardinals scored three touchdowns. Two mm-hmm. of the touchdowns were one was a two-play, seventeen-yard drive. Yeah, Sa- right after right Tom after Sav- the mm-hmm. Sam Savage strip or strip fumble, and then a two-play, fifteen-yard drive after the Patrick Peterson interception. So defense didn't have a whole lot to work with. Occasionally, it would be nice though, Brian, if when you have one of those turnovers by the offense, the defense picks. It's a, it gives you a pick-me-up. And just hold somebody to a field goal. You know, I, I get it. You're, you've got a fire drill. You're coming back out on the field way faster than you want to be coming out on the field. I understand all that. But it's the NFL. You're professionals. You know this could happen any play. you got to be ready. Occasionally, just come out there, make it a three and out, force them to kick a field goal. Uh, make that turnover not as big a deal as it could be. You know, that's what you got to do sometimes as a defense. Exactly. And, uh, you know, you just have to make up and pick yourself up from the bootstraps. Uh, what they had total of, uh, what, two turnovers uh, for today. So um, a lot of those turnovers, I think both of them were induced by Savage, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, we kept them minimal and we were still able to go out and win this game. Because, honestly, I did not know how this game was going to go, specifically with how things are going in the first half. Uh, it's just thing after you know event after event things were just going wrong it's like we couldn't get any type of continuity and moving the chains and then i don't know what bill o'brien told him in the second half but they came out guns a-blazing and i'm really really appreciative of seeing that to keep our fans you know engaged and to have something they can put their you know put their pride uh, behind uh, out there on the field do you want to go over our weekly Bill O'Brien not managing the clock well at the end of a half or an end of a game deal? I mean, it seems like uh, 
that's kind of like a rite of passage. We should we should have that we should have that part of the show sponsored at this point, Brian. We should <laughs> we should it should be its own separate segment. And I don't know what the you, know, you you tell me, Rob. What the heck was the 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 challenge at the beginning of the game? I don't know. Could, if, could you use that time? <laughs> could you use that time out? <laughs> right, couldn't you? Right. right. I'm like, that, why did he have to do that? There, I mean, there, <laughs> there was no point. The, on the, the it yeah. was a punt that it goes to the the one or two. You you you, you end up with the ball at the one yard line or something like anyway. that. I, I guess he wanted a touchback, but you got to be pretty darn sure of something like that. You just, can't, yeah. to me, it's just, it's not worth throwing away a timeout unless you're a hundred percent sure. And he had some time to look at it there. Cause the officials yeah. sort of, they, they huddled, they gave you extra time mm-hmm. to kind of, to go over that play. And I don't know what he was doing at that. So that's a timeout that you could have had at the end of the half, but let, let's just go over what happened. So Brian, the Savage makes a completion to Bruce Ellington, 25 seconds. I think it was 25, 24, 23, somewhere in that neighborhood, seconds left mm-hmm. in the half. He throws uh, that that completion that right there, I'm, as soon as that happens, I'm like yelling from the press box. Not literally, but in my head I'm yelling. <laughs> uh, I'm saying like, hey, t- time out, time out, time out, time out. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he doesn't call. Tick, 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 tick. He still has a timeout to go. Mm-hmm. And it's third and one. So you want to, you know, okay, let's, we got third and one. This is an important down because no matter what, if he doesn't do something here, it's a field goal. Why not take the timeout? Why not give your guy a shot? Because with 25 seconds, even if you complete a pass, he's got time. If it's in the field of play, he's got time to go down there. And it's, he's at the 15-yard line, so it's not like he's going to complete a pass 30 yards down the field. He's got a time to throw it into the ground and kick the field goal. But if you get lucky... Maybe you get to throw it into the end zone to somebody that's wide open for a touchdown. And instead, they just run up there. You know, Savage throws an incompletion. Now there's five seconds left in the clock. You take the timeout into the halftime. I'm sure O'Brien's got a bunch of these timeouts he's going to collect in his, like, subway sub of the day or something like that (laughs) down the road. I don't know what he's doing with all these timeouts. But what the hell is going on? Why can't he get this right? What is so difficult about this? I feel like... I'm a broken record on this thing, and I don't understand. Like, this is, to me, this is football 101. I mean, how hard can this be? Now, we see coaches screw this stuff up all the time, and, I, and I'm just dumbfounded at why it happens. You know, you're, you're an NFL team that's got more money to burn than you know what to do with. You've got to yeah. coach for every single position practically. Get a timeout, coach. Do something that, you know, give them somebody – that knows what they're doing. And, I mean, that's just unacceptable. And he's already got a lot on his plate calling the plays uh, for the offense. Right. And then you're you're like the CEO. You're the you're the head coach. And you know what he's going to say. You know, he always says the same thing. Well, hey, there's a, there's a whole bunch of things going on, you know, on the sidelines at one time. It's a hard job. You know, I got to do better. I got to do better in managing our time better as a coach. So that's my best Bill O'Brien. But uh, hopefully hopefully I can get better with that. But, but that that's 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 a whole situation and i mean i i just don't honestly know if if it is going to get better <laughs> yeah i think uh i can't I, i'm can't remember if, if i played that earlier but uh towards the end of the press conference john <laughs> mcclain asked him you know he said uh were you a better coach this week because <laughs> you oh, always Lord. say you didn't do a good enough job he didn't go there oh god that was that was interesting but uh <laughs> uh but it, yeah it's it's just i just don't i don't understand it Special teams, that's the last thing I guess we should hit, um, unless unless you got something else. But I was just going to throw out the special teams. 
Kaimi Fairburn remembered how to hit field goals again. That was nice. Hit all of his field goals, got all of his extra points. Overall, uh, special teams were fine. They're kind of there every week now. Yeah. They're not terrible every week like they have been in the past. They're there. I, I have to at least say there's a, there's improvement from to this year. There was a holding penalty on a punt by Ben Heaney. There was a penalty mm-hmm. on a punt early second half where not all the players, not all the Texans players were set. So it seems like you know they they get a penalty every single punt. But I guess if I'm honest with myself, those penalties, you know. Every team gets those. It seems like you can't get through a punt anymore without there being a penalty. And frankly, to me, punts honestly have become some of the most boring plays in the NFL these days because usually it's a penalty that's going to wipe out whatever happens that's good for either team. Mm -hmm. And usually with the coverage the way it is, and these punters are so good now at angling, and they they get some height on these things, and it's just – it's hard now to make something happen and 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 punt well and punt uh, return you know punt return type stuff and uh, oh yeah Tom, we got to mention Thompson Chris Thompson who was battling an injury all week mm-hmm. uh, he was out I'm trying to remember other uh, significant things is oh the inactives I was going to go go mention the inactives because uh, Greg Mance was inactive yeah. uh, he must be uh, battling some injuries uh, also. Julio Davenport is still there. <laughs> uh, Julian Davenport still not playing, so that's another guy. Uh, anything else? Anything else that uh, we haven't hit? Bruce Ellington on punt returns. I don't know what you think. So-so? I think he's he's getting better. I, I think he's getting better. That It seems like he would get the ball and not know where to go. And he, as he would get... Uh, the, the the Cardinals defense was surrounding him. He just kind of ran in circles. And then especially as, you know, you know, right at the opening part of the game, that was, of course, a, uh, a kickoff return. I think he is going to be here next season. There is no doubt about it. But that is just something I think he needs to work on. But he wasn't bad, but I wouldn't say he was great. Could be Tyler Irvin next year. Uh, yeah. They could go back to Will Fuller. Uh, Will Fuller was – somebody they that they were using on punt returns and I think he he's fine and I think he can make he's the one guy that has the big play capability on the Texans yeah. and punt returns mm-hmm. the problem with Will Fuller is he's so valuable to you elsewhere that you know they don't want him to get hurt and he's obviously susceptible to injuries we know that not uh-huh. playing this game didn't play the last game with the the broken ribs Uncle, that one's a little bit on Tom Savage hey Tommy don't don't <laughs> don't line him up for the defense every time you throw the ball you almost but, did it to D-Hop today yeah there was a play you don't know if you saw it yeah yeah <laughs> D-Hop Bruce Ellington I mean yeah you gotta it's called duck and cover every time Tom throws the football right, he's right. leading you right into somebody right but, Turned uh, out to be a personal foul. It was a penalty. Uh, forgot the guy who, who hit him that like that. He got up just fine, but man, that kind of scared me. There, I was like, "Oh no, don't take him out too." <laughs> so, I mean, overall, I mean, I, I think it was a fun game. I mean, this is yeah, we, yeah. you didn't have you didn't have a lot to root for over the last few weeks. It was a fun game. The unfortunate thing is, at the end of the day, okay, now what do I got to look for to next week? You know, I don't think Tom Savage is all of a sudden turning into Deshaun Watson and anything close to that. You know, we now do not have Deontay Foreman. Uh, maybe Will Fuller gets back, but, you know, how quickly can is he going to get hurt again, given, you know, who he's got throwing him the football? Uh, there, there's not a bunch of guys that I'm really looking – I'm hoping – I guess the big hope for me next week is I miss Dylan Cole. I don't know about you. I miss I Dylan do. Cole. 
Yeah, I do, because he was making strides out there as a player. And, you know, that injury, unfortunately, just, just knocked him out. And he's going to have to, when he gets back, he's going to have to learn things, uh, you know, not to a sense of, you know, with, with his football play. I mean, he, he knows that because he, he is a player. He knows what he's doing. But just the fact that he was in a groove, he's just going to have to work on getting back into that again because I hope we keep him for a long time. Just a steal out of Missouri State, uh, undrafted free agent. And um, I hope to see some of him before the season ends out. I really do hope so. And he was making more impact plays than Zach Cunningham, who was your second-round pick. And yeah. I'm starting to be a little bit concerned about Zach Cunningham. But he might he, he might be hitting the rookie wall because it's just like we haven't heard a bunch from him uh, in the last few weeks. He's just not making impact plays. He's kind of playing Brian Cushing ball. I know he's out there, but he's not doing a whole lot to make me go, oh, there. hey, look at what – Zach Cunningham did, and you know, just I I, I want to see uh, Dylan Cole back because uh, Dylan Cole was would make those kind of impact plays, and you know, hopefully, you know, he he's it's not going to take him that you know, oh, he gets back, but it's going to take him two or three games back mm-hmm. to be back to full speed, back to doing the things that he was doing out there. But you you you'd love to see somebody get back and give you something positive and go, okay, well that guy's back, and you know, Davenport. Deku, all these kind of guys, we need to see them. They got to get healthy or they got to get on the roster or they got to play. But all these guys, I want to see them. I want to see what they're doing. And let's see if we can possibly keep them on the field. That's the other part of the equation. Get, you know, let them play and not, not get hurt. But I mean, yeah, I, I didn't even mention that, but you know, you're, we said the first round, and the second round, or the first round, and the third round pick, you were your fourth round pick. You know he was hurt this week, uh, Davenport. So he's he wasn't out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlos Watkins. What did you think about him? I, I didn't notice him in this game much. Me I, either. I asked DJ about him. You know DJ, of course, was really positive because it's his old Clemson buddy. But mm-hmm. uh, just didn't see much from Carlos Watkins. But th- those guys, those are the ones that you want to see going forward because that's where your hope is. I mean, at least that's that's what I'm thinking with that. Um, even Marcus Williams is a guy that maybe uh, helps you a little bit uh, at the cornerback position. He he, he knocked a, a pass away late in the game. Nice defensive play by Marcus Williams. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, that's kind of where you want to go from here. Um, just last thing, uh, it, it's, a, it's a quick week. I know a lot of you out there are uh, about maybe to go on a trip for Thanksgiving. Hey, what you can do when you go out for Thanksgiving, Brian, they can, they can just load that you know they can load that uh, phone up or you know load the load whatever you your mp3 player is wherever you go and wherever you're going and, and just with some of our shows up it gives you something when you're on the road if you're on the plane if you're in the car you know listen to locked on texans uh we're gonna keep going we got this week we got grading the texan show we're gonna talk about maybe some things to be thankful for for the texans uh before thanksgiving uh the Ravens game isn't till Monday night, so we're going to save our three things to look for till next Sunday. So we're going to set it up Sunday. So on Sunday, look for that, and that'll set you up for the game on Monday night. Um, so that's going to be fun, and Monday night football game for the Texans kind of coming up there. Don't forget iTunes. Go to iTunes. Why do they need to go to iTunes? They can get free stuff, Brian. That's right. That's right. And you – 
can get a subscription to Pro Football Edge, uh, Pro Football Focus Edge, uh, that package. Uh, it's a $40 value, and you'll be able to get all the advantage you need to compete. And the season, you know, it's on its way to a close, but yet you'll still have the information that you need. And also during draft time, you'll have that too. Who to start for your fantasy? All of this for that package, and all you have to do is go to iTunes and rate us and tell us about the show, what needs to be improved, what do you like about it. Uh, put, go on and put some stars on there if you feel that you need to, and leave a way that we uh, can contact you, your Instagram handle, your Twitter handle, email address. Let us know uh, because you would be well on your way to earning that Pro Football Focus Edge package. Thirty-one twenty-one, the final. Tom Savage, eh, 230 yards, two touchdowns, 22 of 32. On paper, not bad. The one interception, one fumble lost. Uh, there were some things that were good. The defense looked really good. Again, they've played better over the last two or three weeks. They're picking up the slack a little bit. Uh, so some good things for the Texans. If you're a new listener, pass the word along to a friend or two. Let them know they can find us on iTunes and all your regular podcast apps. I put up the email address in the notes. So if you want to email us, just check the notes. You can find the email address real easy if you want to let us know what you think what's going on uh it's uh super easy we'd love to hear from you we'll definitely respond to you thanks so much for listening everybody we'll talk to you again tomorrow you are locked on texans your daily houston texans podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.